airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And I tell you what we will aim to do. We'll aim to open the phone lines up in the last segment okay. of the show. And uh, get your take on some of what we talked about yesterday. You know, whenever we do a show and we don't get the phone lines open, especially when there's a topic that I think causes a great deal of angst among a great deal of people. Right. Um, Sometimes people need to be able to comment. They need to be able to express what they feel or what they have gleaned from what they heard. Yeah. And we want to be able to do that. And so we'll open the phone lines and you can comment on yesterday's show. And then also what we're going to talk about today We thought it important to have a conversation. And again, this goes into the category of airing the Addisons. Mm -hmm. um, Part of the format of the show, as we discuss the issues of the day, Mm -hmm. cultural issues, marriage, family, um, the church. You know, we invite you to be a part of a conversation that Will the Great and I would engage in just standing in our kitchen. Right. So like um, real life. We actually have conversations like what we are about to have, and we invite you to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. That is an aspect of airing the Addisons. <laughs> well, I don't go. know if you knew, um, but just imagine. I swat flies though. Maybe well, these else. you won't even you won't even notice. <laughs> Pay no attention to me. I'm just flies. here on the wall. <laughs> um, but yeah. just imagine that there are kids running around, and imagine that there are periodic interruptions. Oh yeah. We get through it, though, to have conversations, a lot of loud noises um, while I'm cooking. Okay, (laughs) Um, but sometimes these conversations just kind of spring up because of things that we are watching, watching happen in the church. And we feel the need to kind of um, unpack those things and discuss what the Bible might say about those things. So the conversation that we want to have today is one about celebrity in the church. Mm. And the question that we are exploring and would like to discuss in front of you is how we guard against celebrity in the church, one. Two, how have we come to have celebrity in the church Mm -hmm. unchecked? Mm -hmm. And then three, and this probably could be number one, what exactly is celebrity in the church? Like like what what is that and how have we gotten here? Um, Does the Bible have anything to say about that? We believe that it does. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and we believe that a lot of what has infected us in the body of Christ and in the church. I think it's been unchecked celebrity Mm. people being free to kind of run roughshod over the scriptures and not having any accountability. And their um, what do you I I guess their suit of armor (laughs) against accountability is the fact that they are favored. Right. They're celebrities. People, right. they love me around here. Right. You know, these people aren't going to say anything against me. I'm their favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know how many books I've written? Do you know and, how many conferences I pack out? And we create that, you yeah. know, within the body of Christ. We we create that. And I think we set up stumbling blocks uh, for people mm-hmm. by, you know, esteeming them maybe higher than they, than we ought to, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and because and, we like celebrity. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, we, 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 we want somebody to look up to and say, oh, man, yeah, this person, you know. So I think we create stumbling blocks for people to, to fall over, you know, and, and it's not on purpose. But, man, we got to really survey that and see, you know, if we're doing that. Now, I think, you know, there's a there's an aspect of this conversation, Will, that we could say, well, that this is a, this is American culture that we make idols, American idols, you know, mm. that we create <laughs> celebrities and then. Um, because we just, it's our Hollywood culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we have exported that it's, it's kind of, you know, something that we have grown up with in this country that there are just our big eyes, little use, but I think that that would be a little bit, um, erroneous (laughs) that it's not something that's unique to the United States of America. Right. Um, in fact, it's not something that is unique to 21st century, Mm -hmm. um, church Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. It's something that has been in the church throughout the history of the church. Yeah. And I think it's because man has this need to worship someone or something that he perceives to be greater than himself. Mm. He perceives to be bigger than himself, right? Mm. So if a person is an incredible orator, mm-hmm. if a person has this, you know, just unmatched wisdom. Yeah. W- they elicit something from us. They draw something out of us that we almost have this weak we crave idolizing them. Yeah. We, we want them. We, we need someone who is someone to whom we can look. Yeah. And there's something different in, you know, admiring, you know, a gift or, or something that God has given a person, you know, and building them up to be a celebrity, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's where, uh, uh, you know, you got to draw the line and, and kind of examine this because, you know, yeah, to admire a gift that a person has in speaking or, you know, like, man, that's really good singing or whatever it may yeah. be. It's fine. But when we begin to exalt that person and I think a lot of it that that uh, is woven into that is comparison. And in the Bible it talks about to compare yourselves amongst yourselves is not wise. Like we, we start this comparisons and, you know, we look at ourselves and like, I'm not like this. This person is like this. And we begin to look idolize mm-hmm. and exalt that person, you know. Uh, and it just caused problems all around. You know, I think it's something interesting that we find in the church. We have two extremes. We have um, traditions in the church that have ejected the move of the spirit of God. Like, so the spirit of God is not welcome in what we would have understood in New Testament ways as being demonstrably present. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, wings of that. And then you have wings of the faith tradition where the spirit of God is exploited Mm -hmm. and you have all of these Mm -hmm. um, manipulative activities and occurrences that you go, that's not rooted in scripture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I think it's difficult for us because in one way I would imagine, I think of the apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, right? Mm -hmm. And the apostle Paul to the Corinthians was like, hold on guys, you guys are like, you're, one is saying, I follow Paul, and the other is mm. saying, I follow Apollos. Mm-hmm. And even before Paul gets there, and, and you imagine that he's responding to what he's gotten word of, right? right? So he knows where he's going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Likewise, the Spirit of God knows where he's taking Paul. Mm-hmm. So you can read the letter as sort of like a buildup to get there and to chastise, right? And so he starts off in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where he's talking about... Um, he didn't want the gospel to rest in his own wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. says uh, in, in first Corinthians chapter two, verse two, he says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling And my speech and my message mm-hmm. um, were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the spirit and of power 
so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, mm-hmm. but in the power of God. Right. Now, there's something interesting happening here because, you know, when you have prolific writers mm-hmm. and when you have grand speakers, mm-hmm. there is a certain, I don't know, resting of faith in man's wisdom that mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you you just like there are these these great words that this person speaks or mm-hmm. maybe you get goosebumps when right. they speak, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is like a surefire way to be on track to being a celebrity. If, if people get goosebumps when we you have speak, a way of you know, calling that, oh, that was the anointing. Yeah, and no, and but you know what? I also feel the same thing watching Hallmark commercials. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know that I would give credit to the Spirit of God for that. Like I, I have felt goosebumpy. Yeah. You know, watching a kid walk up and give a homemade card to his mom, and yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's right, that, but right. I, I do feel like we have a lot of that mm-hmm. in the church. What do you think is the element that is missing when we talk about um, mm. how do we weigh what is the right way to esteem a person in church? So we don't want, yeah, we don't want to treat our pastors and our teachers like, oh, hey, yo, what's up, Joe? Right, right. But there is a way for us to esteem them to, that does not rob God of His glory. Yeah, and, and the Bible I think speaks loud and clear about this. You know, maybe we'll talk about it later in Timothy. You know, um, you you're supposed to. Uh, you know, give honor uh, or, or the ones who labor in the word mm-hmm. said a word honor, you know, mm-hmm. for what they do. But what I'm thinking is that you have to stick close to the scripture. I think th- this is the, a reason why the apostle Paul went through great lengths to talk about the parts of the body yeah, and how those parts who are hidden, you know, of great importance, mm-hmm. you know, even like there's no uh, part that is, you know, uh, dispensable yeah that you can do without yeah well, we can do without you know and i think if the church if we in the church had the right mindset about that then it would guard us from you know uh putting what? up another part That's of good. the body above where they need to be yeah. we would see this whole thing working together even the parts that are are, are not seen mm-hmm. you know but i think uh just thinking about where we live in the culture that we live in because every, a lot of things are driven by celebrity yeah we we fall victim to even in the church, you know, bypassing the scriptures. Yeah. But taking on, you know, what the culture says yeah. about, you know, who's important and who's not. So the world has like every every culture has sort of its hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Has its its order of importance. Right. And unfortunately, in the church we have adopted that in a way that's not biblical. Right. I mean, do you think that those who become the celebrities, like do you think that the pastors and the leaders of uh, ministries do they have a responsibility to stop that yeah. adoration like and yeah. if they do what does that look like yeah they have a uh, I, I, I think they have a, um, a stake in that you know and it looks like what the apostle paul and barnabas did when they were being called gods, gods. <laughs> you know yeah. and yeah, yeah. I, they ran up in the crowd you know begin to tear their clothes and like oh no the, what what are you doing like mm-hmm. we're mere we're men like you mm-hmm. you know and i think uh, leaders have a responsibility to act in that way. If we believe the scripture that says that a man is tested by the praises that um, he re- receives, yeah. you know, then I think we as, uh, first of all, as maybe members of a church or part of a body, would be careful in how we esteem, you know, uh, men and women within the body and make sure that we're not showing partiality and just raising and exalting them up because we're setting them up for failure. You know, if we are constantly, you know, uh, raising them up yeah yeah we're giving them a stumbling block you know in their lives to so have we, to to cross over if we love those 
who labor among us in the word, if we mm-hmm. love those who are pastors and teachers, then we would do well to carefully apply the scriptures as carefully. it pertains to them That's so right. that we don't create idols in our own heart, but right. then also create a stumbling block for the man of God who Ex- labors exactly, in the word. Exactly. Exactly. And I, we do show honor. We do give respect for those who labor in the word and, and do things within the body. But at the same time, that's different from uh, setting up celebrity status mm-hmm. within the church. That's a whole different thing, you know. And I think more than more nine times out of ten, that's what we've been doing, setting up celebrities within the church where they feel like all-powerful. I can't, you know, No fall. one can take me down. No one can take me down. No one I can, can do challenge what I me. Want. That, yeah. and, and there are always going to be these um, unapologetic, and excuse the expression, but like rabid defenders mm-hmm. of celebrities. Right. You know, it's difficult to see your celebrity be, quote unquote, taken down by the word of God. Right. Like even if the truth is being preached, I think when you have someone that you have put in a position of almost infallible and mm-hmm. you say, man, look at what this there's no way that this person can be wrong. Then what you actually do is you say that person has got to have more <laughs> insight than the scriptures you're quoting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we've got to trust their, like it's so, so if a person has a new philosophy or let's say they have a new approach to ministry, it's mm-hmm. bigger, mm-hmm. it's better, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And, and so if that person presents that and then we say, let's check it against the scriptures, a celebrity pastor is usually going to be followed, usually without question, mm. that this must be from the Lord mm. And we don't say this, but the expression is, I favor him so much. Mm. He's done so much in my life personally. I have been so ministered to by him mm. that there is no way mm-hmm. that he could be off the rails. Right. And almost oh, elevating them beyond the correction of the scriptures. And you want to know how we have cults and stuff that form? Yeah. It's stuff like that a yeah. lot of times, you know, um, where a person has a position where they can't be. Uh, uh, talk to or corrected, you know, even biblically speaking, you know, where they have assumed this position of I'm it, I'm the top. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times there can be a lot of error that follows along with that. You know, I would say this, and then we'll come back, we want to take a look at some of the scriptures and continue the conversation around that. How do we guard against celebrity in the church? How do yeah. we guard against celebrity in the church? I will say this. I think that one of the dangers is that we have such a craving for people to be just a few steps ahead of us that we might look to them. Mm. We do not trust our ability to be in relationship with God, to be hearing from him ongoingly. There's got to be one person. You go and talk to the Lord for us. Mm. (laughs) Mm. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I hate to interrupt them. Welcome back to Aaron <laughs> the Addison's on American Family Radio. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Darius James with You Are God Alone. Amen. That is so good. That is so appropriate for what we're talking about right now. Amen. Like, do you know that when we invest ourselves fully into exalting the Lord and lifting him up, that that serves as a safeguard against idolatry, Mm. putting anybody else in that place? Because you know that the enemy 
will not allow you to recognize that you are an idolater. Mm. Right. It's better <laughs> for him that you don't realize that you have put someone just ever so slightly in the place where the Lord God belongs. Right. And I think we see this happening in our churches. It's not immediately recognized that it is idolatry. But what we do is we love people so much. Um, we <laughs> want to give them honor where honor is due. The scripture tells us to mm -hmm. do that. But then we go a step further where now they've got an entourage mm -hmm. and, you know, you've got people around the pastor who you've got to go through to get to him. And yeah. you've got people that you can't say, wait a minute. I think that what he said is not exactly biblically mm. accurate. And if you say that, then you've got like these henchmen that kind of rise up and they're mm. like, don't speak against like, and it's like, wait, hold on a second. If right. we're checking it against the scripture, we would do well to agree with the word of God first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. additionally, any person, any man who would be in a pastoral position mm -hmm. or the head of a ministry, right, mm -hmm. where he is serving um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. He would do well to reject that as well. That's right. And you were talking about this scripture before we came on the air in Acts chapter 14, mm -hmm. where you have Paul and Barnabas yeah. who are in Lystra. <laughs> And um, and and the Bible says in Acts chapter fourteen verse eight, it says, "Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet; he was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made made well, said in a loud voice, "Stand upright on your feet." And he sprang up and began walking. <laughs> And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lycaonian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. But the Bible records for us something that is really very important mm. at that point. I mean, because, yes, you have these easily deceived people, but the weight and the responsibility is on the men of whom the claim has just been made. That's right. Right. Like right. It's, it's not like, oh, my goodness, you ridiculous people. It's mm. like, no, hold on a second. Mm. Let me or let us mm -hmm. set you straight. Yeah. So in verse 12, um, the Bible continues, Barnabas, they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he <laughs> was the chief speaker. Man, I you know, I, I have such an animated like way of <laughs> looking at this. I just know that there are some people in our culture today who would be like, well, I mean, <laughs> okay i you know look you said it not me <laughs> you know what i mean like i just feel like that's that's what happens in our culture today verse 13 and the and the priest of zeus whose temple was at the entrance to the city brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowds but when the apostles barnabas and paul heard of it they tore their garments and mm. rushed out into the crowd crying out men why are you doing these things we also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In other words, they straight up and directly condemn this idol worship. Right. Don't even allow it in their direction. Mm. And they say, and they don't put themselves on a pedestal. It's mm -hmm. not like, look, I understand that you guys are just, you don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, look, first of all, we're just like you. Yeah. We have the same nature that you have. There is mm. nothing in us that you need to be worshiping. They don't allow for that to just kind of see how it all plays out. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and it's again, I think it shows a trustworthiness of the apostles that they can be trusted with the manifestations of the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. And I think what you see here, too, you know, um, Paul talks about uh, not setting before, not uh, putting up a novice before time. <laughs> I think a lot of what you have, if, 
I think we have a lot of novices going up before before they are ready. Yeah. And I think when when uh, things like this happen, where they get accolades and too much too it, soon, it, it becomes too much too soon, and they don't have that feature within them to turn that stuff away. It kind of it's it's kind of an mm. embracing of it because they haven't. You, you you see what I'm saying? Like they they before it's time, you know, they've they've been thrown out there, yeah. and so a lot of times they may not know how to handle you know, the praise of men, yeah. you know, but right here we see uh, Paul and Barnabas. That's exactly how it should be handled, you mm-hmm. know, uh, where sh- the de- uh, deflection should be towards God. This is God who who did this. Amen. You know, it's not us, Amen. you know, and I, but I think in our, in our culture and where we are today, there's a lot of embracing of, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that was like, that was kind of cool. That huh? was cool. You like that? You saw what I did yeah. there? It's like it's like that. And it's very subtle, right? Yeah. And and you've got people who produce these massive books. They they mm. lead large ministries, mm-hmm. you know, with great success and then we equate the numbers with being in line with the will of God. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I I I think of I think it was brother Don who wrote an article many many years ago where he outlined how Paul, the apostle Paul progressively revealed Demas until ultimately it gets to he departed from us because he Mm. loved this world. Mm. It's like our fellow worker Demas Mm -hmm. is with us. And then in another place you read and also Demas. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you read and Demas has departed us because he loved this world. Mm. It's like there was this slow kind of like fade Mm. into the love of the world. And I think we see that happening in our churches today. And and I think the reason that you and I are discussing this Mm -hmm. and that this is so heavy on our heart is because when you have a show like the one we did yesterday where mm-hmm. we're talking about a major evangelical denomination, mm-hmm. major seminary, and you're talking about a lot of people's favorites. Mm. And it's very difficult to have your favorite challenged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very difficult to have someone that you think, no, right. they're solid. And therefore, they must be either one, misunderstood, mm-hmm. or two, you're wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and I think what we often have to do, I say often, what we always have to do is go back to the word of God. The Bible is very clear that there are those who will begin with us, but will depart from us. Mm-hmm. And I'm being very careful, careful here. I'm not saying that that is what we are witnessing, mm-hmm. but I am saying that we should not be surprised when we see it happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of um, the apostle John. Mm-hmm. who talks about those who went out from us because they were not of us. Yeah. And then you've got to think of um you've got to think of the apostle Peter mm. who is talking about the false teachers who are there at your feasts. <laughs> so they're breaking bread with you, they're fellowshipping with you, they are they're mingling all together, you know, and it, and it's like we kind of are shocked when you turn we used to you remember the um you remember the game we used to play in college. Now I'm not advocating this if you have any type of spiritual, you know, <laughs> repulsion I, I don't know <laughs> if you don't like this then I'm not advocating for this I'm just recalling what I did in my college years okay mm-hmm. all right here we go um you remember the game mafia yeah so you play this game mafia you all are dealt a card and it, it tells you who you are in the community but you, your eyes are closed so you don't know who's who and then certain people wake up and you've, you've got you know the the mafia then the member of the you know mm-hmm. and at the end of the game you would all be shocked to learn who was who because at different rounds of the game when people would open their eyes and they're all making claims and trying to figure out, it's a, it's a whodunit for college students, mm-hmm. right? You would think that you had certain people who were on your side, that they were helping you, but it turns out that they were a part, they were the mafia. Mm-hmm. And so you'd always be shocked when people would say, okay, reveal your card. Well, I think in some ways we kind of have that going on in the church. We've got the wheat and the tares kind of going together. Mm-hmm. And you're like thinking, 
surely we're all saying the same thing. Right. The only way to safeguard against that now as we wait for the Lord to separate them, mm. you know what I mean, and to ultimately reveal, the only way for us to know and to have our discernment sharpened is to be reading the word of God. Yeah, exactly. The word keeps us, you know, and um, from that, from the, you know, from setting up others as celebrities and also for ourselves of, you know, taking on uh, a role that uh, w- would be harmful, harmful to us as well. And now reading in, in Luke chapter uh, 22, mm-hmm. verse uh, 20, starting at verse 24, it's saying there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them uh, was would be regarded as the greatest. <laughs> and he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Man, wow. And so Jesus is showing, (laughs) man, you know, if... In the kingdom, there's a different way that things are done. Mm-hmm. It's not like the hierarchy of the world. That's good. The Gentiles, he was saying, of the world, you know, yeah. the people who are separate from God. And, and I think in the church, we've taken on the way of the world and applied that to our church life. We mm-hmm. have a system almost set up like CEOs in the church and, yeah. you know, uh, the head person, all this kind of, it's almost like a business. Yeah. But the thing is, Jesus is saying, if you want to be the greatest, you have to, that's the, the, the humblest person, the, the one who mm-hmm. serves, mm-hmm. you know. But a lot of times we look at the one who serves, oh, I couldn't do that. I, I was listening to um, David Jeremiah one morning mm, love him. Uh, this week, and he was talking about, he said, he said he had one guy, one person who worked for him the shortest amount of time it was two hours. Wait, what? <laughs> Only worked for him for two hours. And he proceeded to tell the story. He said, yeah, we, he said, yeah, we hired the guy. He said, the guy came and we had our... Um, he had been there for a couple hours and we had our meeting where we were going to all get together and, and we were all putting out chairs. He said, I was putting out chairs. Everybody's putting out chairs. And I look over and this guy was just standing on the side. Mm. And so when confronted about it, he said, I don't do chairs. Oh, stop. Are you kidding me? He said, I don't do chairs. And so uh, Dr. Jeremiah said he had a, a short conversation with him and that person found another place to work. And I'm like, man, you know, we can't have that type of attitude within, oh the, within goodness. the church, you know. But Will, hold on a second, mm-hmm. because you know, like I'm just, I'm just, you know, let that kind of marinate for a second. Mm. You know that that attitude exists in the body of Christ oh, yeah. ongoingly. Yes. Even those who don't have positions, they mm-hmm. have positions in their minds, exactly. right? So it's, I don't clean up after service. Mm. Oh, I don't take out trash. Oh, mm. no, I don't do that. That's that's for the, you know, people who don't right. have any other gifts. Right. And that's that's so far from the truth. And, you know, he wow. proceeded to, to go into the story about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And Dr. Jeremiah said, if Jesus can do feet, we can do chairs. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. And now, well, that's a great example. Let me ask you this, because yeah. on the flip side of that, when we talk about guarding against, you know, putting people in positions yeah. where, you know, they can be tempted and there could be idolatry or you you create celebrity. Um, the Bible also admonishes us on how we are to treat those who labor in the word. Amen. Um, in First Timothy, chapter five, I'll start at verse 17. It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in mm. the preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it tread, treads out the grain and mm-hmm. the laborer deserves 
his wages. The mm-hmm. Bible also goes on to tell us how to be careful not to bring a charge against an elder, mm-hmm. except on the evidence of two or three witnesses, which mm-hmm. is so important mm-hmm. to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are supposed to honor those who are yeah. in positions of leadership. What is the balance between yeah. that honor and creating the church idol? Yeah, because there's a, it's a difference between honoring a person and creating a celebrity mm-hmm. out of a person. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with the motive of, of the heart. If you really love the person who is in leadership of you, you know, uh, over you, God set over you, well, then you would take care, careful um, measures not to uh, build them up in such a way that would be damaging, That's you know, to, to that person. That's if you good. really love that person and really esteem that person, you know, I think blessing them and honoring them would be uh, having the right estimation of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, it's all right to give gifts. It's all right to do all those things. But we are not to set up any person in our heart as an idol, mm. as a God, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of times what happens is we look at people because of their phenomenal giftings and we and we do that. But I think they should be honored. Like the Bible is, Amen. says that, you know, um, they are worth what they are doing. That's like, right. And, because and that's we, a labor. When you are labor. teaching the word of God, you are carving out time. You're yeah, giving yourself to that. it's a lot of that. work. Yeah, that's it's, exactly right. It's a lot of work, you know. And I, so I think all the, 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 you know, different gifts that may be given to pastors and stuff like that. The expressions of the gratitude. The expressions of gratitude, yeah. the letters, the emails, all that stuff is is good. If in our hearts we haven't set that person up as like, you know, an idol. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, Will, what the Bible says, like Paul writing to the Corinthians. I think it's so interesting that he talks about the wisdom of the spirit and he talks about trying to or attempting to communicate with the Corinthians. But he's like, you know, and, and I'm going to paraphrase here. He's like, I wanted to communicate these spiritual things for you, but you're human. You're behaving mm according to your humanity, basically. Mm. And one of the indications that they are just behaving according to their flesh is that they are like, well, I follow Paul, I follow Apollo. Mm. So he points to this type of celebrity or partiality as fleshly, that it is something that's contrary to the spirit. And this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll I'll start at verse 1. He says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, But as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, he says, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And Mm. even now you are not ready Mm. for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Mm. For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not merely humans? I mean, that is an indictment that is undeniable that when we get caught up in that, (laughs) that we are showing like it's like, oh, your epidermis. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's oh, my goodness, your flesh is showing. And, And so Paul is saying this even prevents me being able to address you guys regarding spiritual things because you're acting like children and not just children children of the flesh that's right i follow paul i follow apollos and then of course if you're familiar with the scriptures as many of our listeners would be i mean paul goes on to to ask some rhetorical questions right i mean what have i done for you that makes me worthy that you need to try to chiefly identify yourself with me exactly exactly how about chiefly identify yourself with christ amen and you over there who chiefly identify yourself with apollos how about you chiefly identify yourself with christ that's right This insulates us from the temptation that is ever present with us to create celebrities in the church. That's right. Because when they fall, the fall is great. Mm. 888-589-8840. You can join us. 888-589-8840. 
589-8840. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We are talking about celebrities and idols in the church where we put people in positions that uh, really are reserved for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, alone. And so we are inviting you to be a part of that conversation with us. If you want to join in, you can talk about what we're discussing today or the show yesterday with Robert Oscar Lopez. We're talking about Southwestern and his termination and his um, just teaching the truth about human sexuality and sexual identity. You can mm-hmm. talk about that if you want to. Um, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. How do we guard against celebrity in the church? Um, the phone lines are stacking up. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to Camille in Mississippi. Hi, Camille. Hi there, Addison. How are you all? Hi, Doing God great. bless you. God bless you all for what you do. You're a wonderful couple, and you Thank love you. the Lord. Um, I I missed yesterday's show, but I'm assuming I uh, just heard the gentleman's name, Robert, that got fired. But w- were you also talking about the Southern Baptist con- uh, Convention and just the way things are changing? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd heard that on another show on AFR because that's <laughs> all I listen to is AFR. <laughs> well, God bless but, um, you. <laughs> oh, it blesses, it, it blesses me. All of y'all do. Um, I just was going to say, and just as a warning to others out there, because I've done that, um, and it actually was a family member. And when they are, when you do put them on that pedestal and they fall, <laughs> it's hard. Mm. Um, very hard. Mm-hmm. And it just taught me the lesson that you never do that. <laughs> I learned it the hard way. Oh, God you, know, bless you. you just think this person is just everything, and you know what? They're human, too. That's right. So I just wanted to share with people, be very careful, because they are human. Yeah. And they don't, um, I, I won't name the sure right. no. that's on TV, but, mm-hmm. well, I mean, not this one, but, I'm just, you know, I've seen in the in, in TV shows that are on uh, the air with preachers, I saw one where the people were screaming like you were at a rock concert, overseeing yeah. him, and I'm <laughs> like, there's something very wrong with that. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. that's an excellent point, Camille. Thank, Thank you, Camille. you so much for calling. We appreciate your support. Um, listen, that is an excellent point. And I'm, I, I had a thought as Camille was speaking. That is why prayer for those who labor among us is so vital. It's yeah. so important Man. because they do become sort of a large target for the enemy. Yes. You know, when they are in these <laughs> positions of teaching and laboring in Man. the word. Um, it's really it's open season, not only on them, but also on their families. Yeah. So we need to not only be guarded against idolizing them or treating them as celebrities. But we also need to give ourselves to prayer for those who labor among us in that way. Amen. Amen. Let's go to AJ in uh, Alabama. Hi, AJ. Yes, sir. Good afternoon to to, to the Andersons. Uh, You, first of all, you guys are uh, tough. When I say tough, tough in a good way, 
I tell you what, when you guys get up in the morning, I guarantee you that devil's saying, man, they're up again. I guarantee <laughs> you saying that. But but you, Funny. And, and that guy that stands in for you sometimes, he ain't too bad. He's an old guy named McFarlane. He's a he's <laughs> dude, too. Our brother he, Alex. He, 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 can hold, yeah, he can hold his own. But <laughs> what I wanted to say was this. Uh, I'm, I'm ex-Army, but you guys, the, the, the charlatans that are out here, and it's like I showed your producer a minute ago, you can go to Walmart, uh, Walgreens, and, and pick up a pastor, pastoral license now. But <laughs> a real quick story. You had a, and we all know about Eddie Long. Mm-hmm. I had to pull the dogs off him. When that man left here, I had to pull the dogs off Facebook off him, man. I mean, because they were eating him alive, and they were Christians. I said, come on, man. We need to pray to God that that man repented before he left here. Because mm-hmm. we know what happened, all right, and what he did. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a, a pastor here, and I ain't going to mention his name. Mm-hmm. No, please don't, Brother had, AJ. <laughs> no, he won't. He, but he had deacons that were looking out for him, older deacons, and he was a younger pastor. You know, this man left the church. He left the church because he did not want to be held accountable. Ooh. And I'm like, man, if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor and you got the church and older deacons looking out for you, you better thank the God you got somebody like that looking out for you because. Yeah. If if you take that role, first of all, you can't call yourself. You got to be called, mm-hmm. okay. And 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 fifty percent of them are calling themselves. But if you got to be a, 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 a something wrong with you not to have older deacons and pastors looking out for you, because the devil comes at those guys a hundred times per day. Mm. And for you not to have somebody older and wiser, why would you want to leave that and yeah. put yourself out there? as a wide open target with nobody looking out for you. Well, I think you're making an excellent point, brother. And mm-hmm. and I think that that is a huge red flag. Yeah. Well, would you agree? I mean, a person who doesn't want accountability, right? that sends a message that they want to operate independently. I would, I would say to some extent, even of the word of God. Yeah. I, I think if there's a, a, a thought there that they don't want accountability, then they want a lot of times they want to do whatever they, they, they you know, can do or, or want to do. And so, uh, that's a sure sign that, you know, something is wrong. You mm-hmm. know, if, you, if there's nobody, you know, our, our campus pastor uh, and some others used to say, you know, everybody should have a, a, a Paul and everybody should have a Timothy. Yes. Somebody yeah. that's that pouring into them and somebody that they're pouring into. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also for pastors. Yes. You know, and it could be hard, I think, for pastors to find that, to have that, because, you know, who do you go to? Mm-hmm. But there should be someone that, that you're able to go to. You know, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we want to have this picture of sort of Superman standing atop the building. Mm-hmm. And we say that's our pastor. Yeah, that's our pastor. But I think it's an incredible show of strength when you hear your pastor talking about accountability. Yeah. When you hear your pastor talking about men with whom he prays and they mm-hmm. are able to speak into each other's lives, that's not weakness. Mm-hmm. That is accountability. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if you've got the Apostle Peter showing favoritism <laughs> and the Apostle Paul is like, I oppose them to his face. Mm-hmm. Because he needed to be, come on, man, yeah. You're. I'm sorry, I love you, God bless you that you serve <laughs> right. at so-and-so church, right. God bless you, that's wonderful, right. but the Apostle Peter had to be challenged, and I always, you know, again, mm. I'm animated, I, om- I often think <laughs> he opposed him to his face, like, you know, I, you know, who, who was able to finish their potato salad after that? <laughs> can you imagine what the other people were doing? I mean, I don't know that it was public, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm animated, but I, I just think, man, can you imagine people like, uh-oh, put, put down the lamb. <laughs> here comes Paul and you know what Peter's been doing 
Man. You know what I mean? He pulls away from the Gentiles. Oh my goodness, you mm. know? And yeah. so you need accountability. Yeah. You need someone who can, That's true. if it's necessary, oppose you to your face. That's true. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, Will the Great. Let's go to uh, Christopher in Mississippi. Yeah. Hi, hi, Christopher. Okay. I think Christopher is on. <laughs> Christopher in Mississippi, are you, are, are you Are there? you at McDonald's, Christopher? Yes, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How are you doing today? God bless you. God bless you. Uh, um, accountability. Accountability. When there is no, no accountability, they're always sin. Mm. If you go to First uh, Corinthians 5th chapter, when Paul wrote the church, he wasn't there with them, but he was with, said he's with them in the spirit. Mm-hmm. He told them um, to put this one way from among them that wanted his father's wife. Mm-hmm. And he said, not only him, but coveters, liars, thieves, revelers, drunkards, mm-hmm. and all. And Paul was speaking to people that was had been saved that was in the church, <laughs> but they was Lord. in sin. Mm. Now, and with their accountability, with the money, with celebrities, the celebrities tell you to come in, and they tell you to, we, we baptize you. You pay your tax. You pay your offering. Okay. Man, Christopher, Christopher brother, I'm so up. sorry. I hate to do it, but I'm going to tell you, I know that it's excruciating for the listener because yeah. everybody wants to hear what you're saying, but the phone connection is not the greatest. So we're having a hard time uh, understanding everything that you're saying. Yeah. 888-589-8840. You can give us a call. 888-589-8840. Look, our brother was, I think he was on his way to making a grand point mm-hmm. of accountability and how important that is, right? Yeah. That it's not because just because you're in the body of Christ that all of a sudden, you know, there's no possible way that you're going to fall or that you're going to sin or that, you know, you're going to need to be rebuked or corrected. I think that may have been where he was going. I'm not sure. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Let's go to uh, Mona in Mississippi. Hi, Mona. Yes. Hey. Hi. Hey, how are y'all doing? I really want you to know I really enjoy y'all are uh, truly a blessing. Thank you. You guys really bless my heart. You're always spot on in terms of uh, God's Word. But uh, one of the things that I think I heard y'all talk about was uh, the idols in the church. Yes, ma'am. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I see maybe from from possible, you know, pastors or mega-pastors, I'd say with these mega-churches, uh, I'm not judging, not trying to judge, but what I see is, you know, as a pastor, I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a woman. I don't particular do that, mm-hmm. and it's okay if women do. But, you know, you have to make sure that people see you as God's servant, not as someone who, you know, that, is, that if you're a preacher, you can have all these wonderful things and these big houses and all this money. You know, we have to hold our, uh, as pastors, you know, and I, we have to make ourselves humble servants of God where people will not look up to us. And mm-hmm. then if they do, it's on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. That's And I think I hear coming from you is a certain internal policing where you yeah. recognize who you are. That right. you are, 
you're not all that. Some you of know the responsibility I mean? is on, you know, the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Paul and Barnabas did when we read, you know, that's in, right. In Acts. Said we're not gods. <laughs> we are. They rushed things. out into the crowd, tore their clothes. Like they were like, we look, no, about you know, it. don't don't do this. So the, I think that's that should be the position of, of leadership, leadership as well. So that there would be no question. No I question. Wanna, I, I want to say this to our sister Mona. Now, this opens up a different can of worms. But I like whenever I talk to like sisters in Christ, you know, certainly when we're talking about different issues and a sister may make a statement that I, I just go interesting thing. So like when our sister Mona said, um, now I'm not judging, you know, I know we're not supposed to judge, you know, and, but we're talking about the church mm-hmm. and we're talking about things going on inside the church. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I told you, yes, you are. Mm. What if I told you, you are supposed to judge those things that happen inside the church that we have been sold a lie and it has um, (laughs) been promulgated all throughout the church. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. really what Jesus calls us to is judging rightly. Yeah. Judging without hypocrisy. But even, and, and let me say this, within the context of the church, the Holy Spirit dispatched to the church in the same chapter, our brother um, mentioned just before Christopher, we're talking about first Corinthians chapter five, First Corinthians chapter five, where the apostle Paul is admonishing the Corinthian church to expel the immoral brother. He's like, it's not good that you guys are reveling in this. And then he tells them how, look, when I tell you not to associate with the wicked and the immoral, he says, I'm not talking about the people of the world. You'd have to go out from the world to avoid that. Mm. He says, I'm talking about a person who calls himself a brother, Mm -hmm. but is sexually immoral and engaged in all these things have nothing to do with him. And then in verse 12, he says this, and I'll read it for you. He says, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Question mark. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. In other words, in order for you to arrive at a conclusion that a person is walking in sin, you have to make a judgment. Right. So to all my brothers and sisters who have been beaten over the head by people who don't read their Bible, (laughs) you've got people who don't read the Bible. But they will beat you over the head with yours Mm. and tell you, don't judge, don't judge. (laughs) I tell people, you tell them, yes, I can. (laughs) Oh, yes, I can. You take them to Matthew 7 and tell them, read the rest of it. Yeah. How is it that I'm not supposed to judge? Then immediately following that, there was a prescription for judging. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who else can we squeeze in? Will the great. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Michelle in Texas. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, Y'all were talking about making idols out of people in the churches and I don't know if if you've ever heard about them but I grew up in northeast Texas up near Texarkana and over in Waco back in 1993 they had this this whole big deal with Mount, Mount Carmel and they called themselves the Branch Davidians mm-hmm. yeah. led by a man Named David, David Koresh. Koresh. I remember. Yeah. And, I mean, it started out innocent enough. He preached the word. He got into the word. Then they started raising him up on this platform. Mm. And he became convinced that he himself was the son of God come back. Mm. Man, man. Yeah. That's how it happens. You know, things like, you know, things like that happen. And that's a prime example of being exalted by people and then, you know, not deflecting the glory to, towards God and then being consumed yourself with pride and having, you know, being uh, under a delusion and, and, and that type of thing happening where people 
are part of a cult and they lose their lives. You know, it's 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 crazy. Look, I'm I'm sorry that we ran out of time talking to our sister, but immediately when she said something, I I was reminded that we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, this whole heaping up for themselves preachers who mm. will preach what their itching ears want to hear. Mm-hmm. This is an eye-opening scripture. We must never forget it. We must pray that people will desire the truth Amen. and not what soothes them or scratches their ears. Okay, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.